1: I didn't realize how much I missed True Detective until we started playing this game again.
2: Mm, It's nothing like it. You can't get it anywhere else. You can only get it from True Detective. What they give, you can only get from True Detective. Remember the first episode, you were at my house, Joe. Skid
1: might have been there, and even Matthew, like it was at the end of a long day of football. And for some reason, it just kind of trickled into the night. And instead of watching the night game, oh yeah, uh, I was like, you know, there's this new show. It's really hot. Everybody was, you know, twenty five beers in. Uh, <laughs> my wife was there, and, and we were like, well, why don't we watch this? See if it's any good. And I remember we ended like it was silence for an hour straight, and we ended up we like, what the hell was that show? <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> And that's what this feels like. Those vignettes, like I could listen to each of us do vignettes like that over and. Over. I just want to play. I want to play that game. I
3: want to play that, the vignette game. Yes, yeah. so. So great the RPG.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We play so much Pathfinder. We made our bones uh, in the in the RPG entertainment world with Pathfinder. But like, I feel like in many ways with Pathfinder, we we force the cinema on it, and it's force isn't really the right word because it's become uh, easy for us in many ways. But like, we've had to make things dramatic in many ways, and then the dice help do that too. With this, it's just like built. To be uh, listened to by people who may have no interest in games whatsoever There's really no hurdle to climb to do that, and that's why I just I feel like we've really hit onto something sweet for our network with this show. You should yeah, check I out mean, our
4: uh, Tales from the Loop stream on New Game Who Disc because that is <laughs> that is actually the mechanic of the game, like the vignettes we do like in this. That is actually the mechanic of Tales from the Loop.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and this is it. Really does like uh, capture. Something. Uh, You said, Troy, before we got on today that like, It feels like a movie or a TV show, you know, it really lends itself to that flow, that narrative flow. So whether it's the vignettes or the way the narrative actually moves when you're in real time as characters, uh, it does just feel like scenes from a TV show, which it seems to do effortlessly. And I think one good example of why the why it feels that way is if you look at the mechanics of the um, of the home stuff, which we really got into last week, that's the bulk of, of episode one is like. You can think of your entire story before you come to the table and then see what your options are for home and it fits into one of those options. Exactly. Or you could be like, I'm not 100% sure what I want to do with my character. You can read those options and then generate vignettes off of the mechanical options that they offer you for what your character can do. It's, it's almost like a horoscope. Like they're just vague enough that they're like six or seven vague areas of improvement or uh, self-help that in one way or another encapsulate anything a person does to deal with the pressures of their life. Uh, and so I think it's a really smooth system when you can work it in either direction you can make up the story and then fit anything they put into it or you can go to them to help you make up the story
0: can i can i share a little detail about geordie what happened in the intervening years with geordie yes please so he he basically he's going slowly insane he he lost all of his book contracts all the stuffs, most of his stuff's out of print people basically forgot who he was he's constantly filing frivolous lawsuits and like losing a bunch of money and losing a bunch of money to medical bills and everything with whatever's happening with him there. But so he had his like nice apartment in Manhattan. Now he's living in this place in the Bronx. This was his dad's brownstone. His father was a, he was a drug dealer back in the late sixties. He was part of the Marseille operation, this heroin smuggling operation, the French connection that the movie that made the French connection about. It was from Marseille? I never saw that movie. Is that should what? I see that? movie? Oh, it's movie? a great movie. Yeah, Joe. it's got the best car chase in like
1: the history of filmmaking. Like
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah I love Gene. Certainly Hack, at the time. I've always wanted to watch it. I've just never sat down and actually watched it. So
3: oh. You're picking
0: your toes up, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a. It's not a
4: particularly long movie either. It's, it's no. It's, it's really and it's really well paced. So mm-hmm.
0: watch. Yeah, it. and it's all like old New York too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 So when the ring got broken up, his father was sort of trapped in the Bronx. He was trapped in the US under this alternate uh identity. So he bought this brownstone with a little bit of drug money he had left. It's super cheap because it was the Bronx in like nineteen sixty seven. So <laughs> and then uh that was the one thing, and you know, Geordie couldn't bring himself to get rid of it. That's where he grew up. And uh and now that's the only place he has left to live. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Such, it's such rich backstories. Uh, all of you
2: guys, such interesting stuff. Uh, I, I really enjoyed everybody's uh, vignettes last week. It really gave me a good picture because Sydney, you just gave me kind of broad strokes of Magdalena and uh and to see her like in her environment and like with her friends and to know that like she's not living up to her responsibilities to her friendship with her best friend like all of those things matter they all piece together and i think that that's something that i'm glad that we do at the start uh, of of the season because it is an essential mechanic in the game it's not something to be tossed aside lightly uh one of the things that they reiterate frequently in the player's guide or the the agent's handbook as they call it is the how bonds and your mental uh, health and fortitude are essentially the game all the other stuff is is a lot of fun and there's a lot of action and stuff like that, but it really comes back down to how do you manage all of that and still maintain a real life uh, in this modern day? Um, and and I, I think it explores
0: it really well. And it, it helps like, us Detective. to get such a... <laughs> True, True Detective is such a great model for that because yeah. it's all about the price, the psychic price that these people pay for dealing with stuff like this.
2: I was so interested in... In uh, uh I forget Woody Harrelson's character's name now it was really it's running not to my tongue anyway his family and his relationship yeah. with his family I was so invested in it beyond the murder mystery uh and then the same thing Marty, with Russ. It's Marty like, Heart. Yeah, Marty. Yeah, it's the same thing with, uh, with Rust. You know what I mean? It's like, where did this guy come from? Like, yeah. what is his deal? And, and the way he got to his philosophy, it's sort of a lot <laughs> like it reminds me, honestly, of Jordy, where we see in that home scene of Jordy, you start to really feel the intensity that he is approaching the, the, um, the jaded is not the right word. The um, just the negativity that he approaches any conversation with anyone with about the complete fa- fatalism of everything. You know, the yeah. way he's just like, no, no, I can find you and I can destroy your life and it would be easy. So do yourself a favor and just make me happy and you won't have to deal with this. I'm here to help you. Like it's so dark. It's so twisted. Well, yes. yeah. And we're talking about
1: like how watching the relationship, Unravel the deeper they get into the case and true detective. Like, it's a built in mechanic of this game that I, I don't remember if we were explored or not. I don't think we did. I don't remember doing it. Like, when you take sanity damage, you can deflect it onto your bonds.
5: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you
1: can take less. If you're at like, the edge of a breaking point, rather than going over the breaking point, you can deflect that to your relationships. And then that will lower your bond. And then you really need to work on your bonds during your downtime uh, to bring them back up. But, like, then you talk about how how that manifests in your relationship with those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's something that, uh, you know, depending on how deep we get into this uh, season is something that will probably come into play this time around. Yeah. And then also you,
6: you try to repair your bonds at home and then we all fumble and then we do a horrible job and we right. lose more sanity. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> just everything crumbles, just, <laughs> you know, it's great. I love it.
2: Yeah. to me, it, it adds such a great element to the game we were already playing, which is we would bring vignettes to the table in Pathfinder. But there was never. But what I love about this is you bring a vignette to the table and then I say, "Okay, roll on it. Roll on your story to see what happened as a result of the thing you put together in the other stories. It's like we write what we want to write and it works out the way we want it to work out to get us where we need to be now with this. It's like I think for you, Roger, didn't it take a left turn off of what you expected? And now, yeah, you thought it was going to heal you a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I really like that because I had, I went, I went in with an idea of what it was going to be, but the roles changed it. And I didn't even know that was going to be an option going into this thing that I created, but it's really cool because it informs you. And now, I, all right, well, I got to play that. Yeah. Uh, now he's got this interest in the occult that I hadn't really, uh, thought he would be, uh, dabbling in.
2: And you have the, your whole season one purpose, which was a great part of the storyline of, of, of escaping to that Island, Mm -hmm. you know, is now gone. It's a failure. And, and that, all that came from a die roll. So now it's like, what's the motivation? You got to find it again. You got to refind it. And, and within the mechanics of the game, there is a skill called power. Uh, and, or I, not a skill, I'm sorry, like an ability score called power. And what that represents really at its deepest sense is your motivation your mm-hmm. will to keep going. Uh, it's part physical, part mental and includes a little bit of everything, but it's like your will to keep going. And so that is what it tested and, and it failed. So now you have to find another motivation, another way to keep going, which is actually already hard for Roger because this is going way back. He took power damage because of, uh, his time in uh, the military, yeah. uh, because he, but he's now immune to, uh, sanity damage from helplessness. helplessness yeah. I took three power
1: damage at, uh, character creation.
2: Yeah. And, and <laughs> it just, what that manifests itself in is a lack of motivation, trying to find the why of why you keep going for a long time. It's been the Island for him. Now it's been stripped away. We have to find something new. And the game did that for us, which yeah. I think is just really great. Yeah. Uh, let's get back into it. Yeah. yeah. Jump yeah. back in i'm excited to play and uh oh man really move this thing forward because uh well uh, you know what L- let, let me let's just get underway here because there's a lot to still dissect from uh, the crime reports and mm-hmm. uh and you guys getting uh to new york so uh you know what i'm gonna bring it in with a little little scene as i like Ooh. to do uh we'll call it a, a new york scene obviously we start with an aerial shot of manhattan <laughs> uh <laughs> It's, it's our hallmark. Uh, aerial shot of the Manhattan skyline, and we can see the financial district at the lower end of the island. Um, Freedom again, Tower now.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Freedom Tower now. <laughs> yeah. And it
2: comes up and reminds you it is, <laughs> you know, 2019. Uh, and we come down into Manhattan, but this time instead of swooping up to the South Bronx like we did where, where Jordy is currently living— We dive straight down deeper, right through Freedom Tower, right down past uh, One World Trade Center to street level. And then we move quickly up through uh, Tribeca, up into Chelsea, and we go into the intersection of 27th Street And 10th Avenue, we see a mass of people moving, it's nighttime, we see a mass of people moving, walking by, and then we scroll up to reveal a neon sign outside of a place that reveals the word marquee in electric purple lettering. There's a line outside. Obviously, we're looking at some sort of nightclub. The line stretches all the way around the block. Bunch of young people all it up, ready for their night out. Uh, the camera moves through the line and up in through the doors. And let me cue b- music. Oh, no. Where did it go? There it is. Uh, we start to hear the thump of tunes, of club tunage, as we pass by the bouncers, pass by the front of the line enter into the club proper and see that man oh man it is a scene we see a beautiful mass of bodies There's a throng of people just jumping in time to the music and it just starts to get deafening in our ears as the beat of the DJ is just swarming this crowd. Uh, The DJ spins a digital turntable and attends to his laptop as amber pyrotechnics explode at his flank and green lasers descend across the crowd as a strobe light keeps perfect sync with his tempo. This enormous LCD screen behind the DJ plays artful, glitchy graphics that eventually coalesce into the words DJ Ether." The crowd (laughs) writhes ever more vigorously as the hook hits. Let me get to the hook. uh, Overtaking their bloodstream and the rhythm possessing their feet. To the left of the stage and out of sight, are elevated opera seats Behind a royal purple velvet rope Attended to by colossal men Sporting stylish designer suits Mean expressions And poorly concealed handguns <laughs> As the camera passes these ropes We see red high heel shoes Walk across the concrete floor In time with the music The camera pans up to the body Of a shapely lithe young woman Carrying an enormous silver biplane Adorned with RGB lighting on the wings spelling out Belvedere. The camera trucks back (laughs) to reveal another two women flanking her carrying a normal crystal Baccarat decanters of orange and cranberry juice. There are sparklers crackling from the top of the gifts. The women walk with a singular purpose, all adorned in matching makeup, smoky eyes and red lips like some sort of living Robert Palmer video. They smile (laughs) coquettishly as they reach a ten person VIP table that runs seven grand a night the dim-witted and pleased expressions of the vip's faces suggest that the price is well worth it a well-built frame stands up from the table with outstretched arms like some sort of perverse jesus to his apostles at the last supper it's caesar bridges
7: oh. this is our time the old guard dies tonight and we rise to take their place a toast to the future of technology as we write it. A toast to Haunter. Haunter. H-A-U-N-T-R.
2: The words tumble prophetically from the lips of one Caesar Bridges. He's about 35 years old with shoulder-length hair and the predatory eyes of a wolf. Fuck yeah, bro! This time we'll show those fucking boomers who runs this shit. This shite, I guess I should say if it's a Scottish accent, says Vernon McLean a distant relation to Andrew Carnegie (laughs) as he wraps his arms around one of the hostesses in an unwelcome breach of personal space, which is tolerated only due to the admission price paid by these spoiled brats. We slowly slide past this boorish display to a security camera surreptitiously aimed at the VIP table. The music of the club fades away as we hear the mechanical whirr of the lens focusing to resolve the image of Caesar Bridges directly in the lens's reflection. Smash cut into the electrical signal of a camera as the binary code of the video feed travels through the information superhighway into a secure server onto the laptop screen of a serious-looking businesswoman in her mid-50s. A degree from Stanford University spells out her name. Rosalind Wolfe. If you remember, this is the name of the person that he was texting when he got into his Bentley after the meeting. He oh. texted your names to someone named Rosalind. Rosalind Wolf. The purple glow of Marquee is not lost through the transmission as the glow of the security footage illuminates her face. Rosalind rolls her eyes and frowns, all the while moving a pencil from between her teeth to her right ear. Shit she says to no one in particular. Looks like Vernon already fell off the wagon. He's always been a terrible influence. Mr. Bridges will not be pleased. We just got Haunter off the ground. Rosalind rubs her temples, takes a swig of a lemon seltzer, tidies her top, and depresses an intercom button on her desk. It buzzes away as we see the words Haunter painted on the wall right beside her. Lydia... Get Mr. Bridges on the phone immediately. Caesar or Augustus, Miss Wolfe? It's always Augustus if I say Mr. Lydia. Hmm. Yes, ma'am. Her intercom rings twice before an elderly voice answers the phone. What
3: is my idiot son up to now? (laughs) God damn it! (laughs) Fade to black. So,
2: uh, Grant... Tell us a little bit about Caesar. What is he doing in this club? Who is this kid? Who's his father? Who's Rosalind? What is going on here? Andrew Carnegie. Oh, I should. I should,
7: I should start by saying I emailed all of you. Uh, right. Haunter is in the middle of a rebranding procedure, and I'm working Caesar's workshopping several different logos for for the company at the moment. Oh my God, the tagline is uh, oh "We're ready God. to believe you." You got to put uh, these. Any of you guys want to describe what you see in front of you?
5: Great.
1: <laughs> there, I don't even know where to start. These are amazing. <laughs> There's one well, that's just very simply Haunter That like fades All lowercase That fades from like black to a light blue Very, very uh, minimalist and perfect On a white background uh, I,
6: I'm a big fan of uh, one of them That's Haunter Spelled a little differently They dropped the E uh, Went with a much simpler mm-hmm. Just a T-R at the end It says we're ready to believe you below In the subjects And then the image, the graphic is like a man standing over another body and he has his hands out and the body is levitating off the ground.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it Seems I'm and starting the to get like line, a again. Ghost, we're fight. ready to believe you. Yeah.
5: yeah.
0: <laughs> Which uh, is uh, what the the catchphrase of the Ghostbusters. Of course. Yes. <laughs> so there's We're the, uh, <laughs> <There's laughs> the well ready to believe you. You. Yeah. <laughs>
2: There's multiple different images here as Haunter is going through its branding testing period. Uh, what is Haunter Grant? Who is this guy? Get into it. <laughs>
7: So Caesar Bridges is the son of Augustus Bridges, who is a canned foods magnate and current head of Split Pea International. <laughs> this food goods services company is ubiquitous along West Coast supermarket chains. Split Pea has had an enormous competitive advantage over its competition due to an array of domestic government subsidies, as well as strong ties to the rice, coconuts, corn, sugar cane, and mango production in the Philippines. <laughs> Augustus took over the company from his father, Julius, and enacted an aggressive (laughs) expansion plan. Splitbee took advantage of the latter half of the 20th century to diversify its portfolios into a series of shell companies that cover an array of industries, including luxury goods, farm equipment, and weapons manufacturing. Augustus' latest investment is in Haunter, his son's company. Well, it's the brainchild of his idiot son, to be honest, if he is speaking to you. He has no hopes for the venture, but knows a few million here and there are better spent keeping his man child occupied rather than cavorting in Monaco with the children of the global elite. (laughs) And Haunter Haunter is a NYC based tech startup uh, fronted by that initial investment. Though uh, ma- through a major bit of happenstance, the software engineers stumbled upon an algorithm that triangulates the 4G infrared and imaging sensor on modern smartphones to detect the paranormal, and it actually fucking works. It, but but no one believes it because it's uh, associated with a National Enquirer and conspiracy theories, and it advertises primarily during History Channel alien <laughs> programming.
5: <laughs>
7: Amazing, um, but but. It works, and Delta Green actually took notice of this technology. Um, Even if they find Caesar a bit distasteful, uh, they realize he's just a dim-witted front to these 20 engineers that work for him at the startup. Uh, But they see that he's useful and that he's able to navigate the complexities of the corporate world uh, just through his connections and can get access to some of the most elite places in the world. Uh, He's used to talking old millionaires out of their money, including his father. Um, And then the final two people are Rosalind, who's the CEO who helped raise him when she was a junior executive at Split P and his father installed her to be the head of or the COO of Haunter to keep an eye on him, which is what you saw in that scene. Vernon is uh, from a long line of wealthy Scottish Americans and his maternal great-great-grandfather is Andrew. (laughs) Um, and he just is in and out of like rehab for the rich and famous, and he oh always God. drags Caesar along with him on his private jet to Vegas. Um, yep, wow. and that's that's the Caesar story. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so great, Grant. So
2: that's amazing. Great. Why can't we you make logos these- this good for us? I don't. are
0: <laughs> <laughs> really legitimately good logos. We got to put these up on Instagram. Yes. yes For real Watch this. this is so good Oh yeah We gotta have people
2: vote On what should be Haunter's logo Yeah, yeah.
7: We're definitely Dropping the E though I've decided It's, yeah, right? I like it's a, it. for sure. it's, it's, a cleaner. it's cleaner Yeah <laughs> <laughs> It is um, I, I was also thinking about the name for a while, like Topster. I was just like having a fun time thinking of stupid names for startup companies. The other thing about Caesar is that he talks totally in buzzwords. So he'd say something like, Haunter is the Uber for paranormal detections. We're ready to believe you and to give you the proof that you're being haunted. And my business philosophy is to focus on purpose, then people, then product and profits will follow. (laughs) Finally, we need the fabric of our disruptive ecosystem to be agile, results-driven, and customer-oriented so that in the next five years, we can become the next Instagram. Thank you.
2: I imagine you saying that really loud over club music to him, who's heard it like 10 times. He's like, I'm telling you, it's fucking great, mate. It's fucking great. (laughs) You're going to be money tomorrow. Uh, God, so good.
1: so So funny funny you picked Marquee because that was just... But i was working the club scene that was the club uh, oh yeah, and it was impossible to get into uh if that was your scene and my buddy was a bartender there and he told me the insanity of what it was to be a bartender there the procedures yeah. they go through and
0: uh, oh i can imagine oh just sounded
1: awful i would rather live on the street than be a bartender <laughs> at a place like that for what yeah. he had to go through just awful Wait.
7: But I don't know if you guys have ever, like, I went to one bottle service from, like, a friend of a friend who was really rich, and it is crazy. They just bring out these huge bottles and these decanters oh, yeah. and just, like, the most beautiful women in the world. It's, just, like, the only place where they, like, hire with discrimination still or in these high-end yeah. bottles, And they'll just, like, flat-out
2: tell you, and, like, I guess nobody can do anything about it? They're like, yeah, yeah it's, we're completely it's discriminatory so, here.
6: It's so true. I've, I've like, I have done like club work before and they ask like they don't care about your resume they're just like send us a headshot send us like a full body photo and we'll see mm-hmm. if we want to use you and basically if you're hot Ugh. and you agree to wear heels and a cocktail dress then like yeah you can work there Wow.
1: the, the bartenders god. they would check every hour they would come and count people's tills and whoever had the lowest sales they'd send home and bring in another bartender
6: <gasps> oh my god, oh my <laughs> god. god
1: yeah Jesus. so you could you could go in and work an hour of your shift and if you were like had a dollar less sales than the next guy, they'd send you home. You're not putting out drinks fast enough
6: before uh, before I was going to bars in the city because I didn't have an ID, you could get into clubs because if you were a girl, promoters would just they just let you in. You go with a promoter and they're like, I've got a group of 10 girls and the guy's like, come on in, we don't care. Um, so I would go to a lot of clubs in the city and they're not fun. <laughs> I mean, I've been to so many and like the bottle service, like table service thing. It's cool. The first time you go, because you're like, whoa, this is like fancy treatment. And then it's mm-hmm. so goddamn boring. Nobody dances. Nobody talks to each other. You just sit and like sip your drink and try to look the coolest in the club. And you look at everyone else and you're like, they look cooler than me. I need to look even cooler than them. And like, that's the whole vibe. It's terrible.
7: <laughs> that smoldering well, is look. Per- yeah <laughs> it's perfect for creepy older business guys because they just stand away from the crowd and look at the young people dancing like it's wow. real creepy so that's the whole scene i just love this privileged elite kind of people that don't care about dropping seven grand yeah just that's, their so over. that's so insane that's such a crazy.
6: great setting for caesar bridges i can't wait yeah. to learn yeah. more about
5: oh, I caesar i <laughs> <guy>. I, <laughs> so much. I know this
1: guy i know i'm punch
5: him
7: um, oh, and then the final thing that ties into Delta Green is his first wife disappeared. And there was a like year-long search for her body oh. that came up. Fruitless, dear got to bury um, the lead there Grant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. so his I wife mean, his, his strange wife is dead <laughs> yeah so he's currently married to his second wife Sabina Nielsen uh, and Sabina Nielsen uh, Caesar wed a year after the long year long search for Caesar's first wife Tatiana Walker <laughs> and uh, Sabina's <laughs> a failed music and reality TV show star oh my God. Um, but that gave her a taste for the finer things in life. So she views her marriage to Caesar as a convenient way back into that world of international jet setting. <laughs> um, and she, he probably has the best relationship with her because she doesn't expect anything from him except money. And he's always capable of doing it. So they that. don't have
2: like a meaningful
7: human no. connection kind of relationship.
2: I mean, would you want to no. have a
4: meaningful human re- connection with someone who kills his ex-wife?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
7: hey, hey. <laughs> That is not clear. Allegedly. (laughs) Was he ever
0: ever really a suspect in the disappearance of his first wife?
7: No, he wasn't, because he has plenty of corroboration that he was actually on another continent at the time. Um, The only uh, type of um, shadow at his door of innocence is that he is wealthy enough to maybe have paid someone to do that, right. but there's nothing really linking to him. That's what I thought. I should say he is excellent at accounting. He has a 70 in accounting, mm-hmm. so he can move those numbers around. Some thinking wife dies while you're out of country? Of course. Hired somebody. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I'm thinking
4: um, of Brad Pitt in once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and they're like,
2: didn't I kill his wife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to rewatch that. I need to watch that again. Like I, <laughs> I fell kill his wife? the first time. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, all right. So last time uh, at the very end of your meeting with um, Thomas Carson, uh, special agent, the FBI, uh, who was heading up a, a task force, but where he wasn't going to go in person, he was instead going to send consultants, FBI consultants, uh, to Glen Ridge, New York, uh, which is in eastern Long Island. They've had a couple homicides there. Uh, the second one was weeks ago. So it, it's been a while. Uh, you guys are kind of digging into It's not necessarily a cold case, but you're well beyond the first 48, and you're going to try to find out what happened here. Um, he's sending you up to Long Island to help the local PD investigate these these crimes and see if you can't catch a serial killer before uh, he strikes again. The... Um, Uh, you guys took these files. You were ushered very quickly out of the FBI. You got the sense, those of you with high human int, that he was a little, that Thomas Carson was a little nervous. I mean, having you there, though, it's not that surprising you know what I mean? This is a Delta green mission being within FBI headquarters at all uh, is not ideal, but you get the sense that he needed this to be official for some reason. uh, And mainly so that uh, he, he he had to get you real badges and to get you real badges, they need real social security numbers. And so you, there's nothing fake about what you're doing. There really isn't. It's just the motive behind it is hidden. All of you know it. He knows it. And as far as you know, nobody else knows the real motive, but you are sitting at this bar talking, talking about these crime reports and either in your pockets or in your bags or around your necks, wherever you want to wear them, are lanyards, badges, uh, that are sealed and give you identification as consultants of the FBI. Uh, let's go over real quick. The crime reports. Again, we had two murders, two bodies, one, Dr. Carl Moretti, uh, a 50 something, I believe, or maybe 40 something, 50, um, uh, 45-year-old dentist who was found in a culvert by the bay. Um, uh, Spine removed, forcibly removed, head missing. They found the head a couple hundred feet away, missing the jaw. Um, And then... Uh, The second murder, Vanessa Hotvan, hanging from a tree on the high school grounds. We don't know what she does for a living. She uh, also spine removed, head removed, head not found at the scene. Talk about true detective. I mean, just that scene right there. Yeah. If you were actually there for it, it's like that's the vibe. That's what you would feel. But in the end, you guys are going to be digging back into it into the past. And then um, both of them. And this is what your FBI agent highlights. Underlines it twice. Twice. Crime Report, Last Line. I'll read it word for word from the Vanessa Hot Van Crime Report. Dr. Santorini, who is the Suffolk County Medical Examiner, also noted an unusual gray substance beneath the subject's fingernails and commented that this looked familiar, similar to the organic polymer located at the Carl Moretti crime scene. Carl Moretti crime scene, it was also under the fingernails. This is what brings it to the attention of Delta Green, this is your true, deeper mission. Your surface mission is find the serial killer and close the case for Glendale uh, PD. or uh, Yeah, Glen Ridge PD. I mean, so need to
4: throw them off the scent if we find evidence of the unnatural, right? Right. Not the exactly. Off the scent.
2: Yeah, you guys would know it just in general, as Delta Green agents, the prime mission is... Keeping the unnatural secret, keeping people protected from it, not allowing it to get out. You can't allow cops to see this stuff. Uh, If you do, you know, tough decisions come after that. Uh, And it's something that, you know, despite what you may not like about the personality of Caesar, uh, he... He is still signed up for this. And to some degree, he must know the level of danger he's dealing with. I said to everybody beforehand, I want these characters, these new characters to at least been have been on one operation before. Uh, oh, that reminds me. We never did any die rolls for your home. So, uh, so yeah. you, you know, you went to the club and stuff like that. So so let me know what you want to do. But in either case, Caesar's also suffering sanity damage. Caesar is also trying to recover from that and trying to keep his bonds just the same as everybody else. Uh, and you guys are all risking a lot for this mission. So go ahead,
7: uh, Grant, what did you want to do? So the two things I wanted to do, that was personal motivation, that scene. And, uh, out of my five motivations, that was the live the high life motivation. (laughs) Um, so I was, uh, so I need to roll a sanity test for that first thing. Um do I just roll I roll a D one hundred? D one hundred and you're looking for Versus your sanity, my... current sanity score or lower is your goal. Okay, great. Okay, so I rolled an eighty five, which means Ooh. I lose another point of sanity. Mm. Um, and you. I think you can see that he's clearly medicating himself to deal with what he's seen in the field and that Um, The fact that uh, his friend called him up and wanted to indulge in a weekend of debauchery was just an excuse for him to deaden himself to what what he's seen. Mm. Um, The other thing he wanted to do because he's so freaked out by what he's seen is he doesn't really understand the technology that he holds the power of as CEO. um, And because he doesn't understand that part of it, but he understands business already and he can protect himself financially and through relationships physically even though he's strong and kind of like a a shifty gym rat um he's really attracted to guns so he's going to try to take uh some training in uh handguns while he is on his break as well firearms i should say okay um so it should be easy for me to get because i have only a 20 percent base which is
2: what all delta green agents have Mm -hmm.
7: of 20 percent uh 83 so I failed it nice and then I will you 1d10 9 points oh out of wow, nice wow. amazing so jump that See, handgun up to tw- it, where
2: was he doing
1: Grant, no matter what, where, what game <laughs> no we're playing no kidding mm. doesn't matter the system Caesar,
7: Caesar was born on third base with a silver spoon in his mouth and he got tagged out in a game of pickle after misreading the third base signal <laughs> yep I was about to say <laughs> <laughs> about the same thing um Okay,
2: so um, let's fast forward. We see a plane coming in, landing. It hits the tarmac. Cloud bursts out, cloud of steam bursts out as the rubber burns uh, on a shot of the plane landing in Long Island. Landing where, you may ask? Uh, I will direct you back to roll 20 uh and you should see uh in your journal uh a map now mm. oh, uh, yes. and yeah this is something you're going to want to make larger uh if you can uh try to open that image in a new tab but yeah you are landing uh i don't think i can ping this oh you know what actually don't do that don't do that don't go to your journal that's there if you want to examine it yourself just look at the main page and i can just take you there mm. ah, nice and much easier Uh, I forgot I did that and, uh, go ahead and zoom out enough that you can see sort of the center part of the Eastern area and you'll see, I'll ping it right here. It's the Francis S. uh, Zabreski, Gabreski airport. Oh, the Hamptons. Uh, Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's Glen Ridge. Oh, Oh, you found Glen Ridge, did you? Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: Is that West Egg? Uh,
2: are any of you guys familiar with the Hamptons? I have never been. So speaking of Marquee,
1: I worked at the club in the Hamptons that the Marquee owners opened. I worked for one weekend and said I will never do that again any day of <laughs> my life. I can't remember the name of the club. And I had like one other Hamptons experience. Uh, I don't. Oh, you know, what? and then I, I bartended or I, I did a shoot for some big thing when I was working for Getty Images that was out in the Hamptons. So like, yeah, count on one hand the number of times I've Hamptoned it up. It's the worst. I, I went I to think a Caesar. wedding
7: there once, but that's it. I think Caesar is very familiar with it, but Grant is not. Yeah, uh,
2: Caesar has probably been to Montauk uh, mm-hmm. for a
0: hang or two at, on a like, yacht, some swanky for sure. yacht. Yeah, mm-hmm. a I friend of a friend. <laughs> a friend of a friend was a personal assistant to Ted Koppel, and <laughs> she worked at his house, which was in, in the Hamptons. Specific <laughs> so <it's just> <laughs> Ted <yeah>. Koppel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's
0: all I know. That's that's my sum total of my experience. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. So you guys are landing. Uh, your flight was at noon. You're, you're landing by about 2 o'clock, um, 2, 2.30. You get processed, get your stuff, get out of the airport, uh, and it's maybe 3. And uh, you need to get to Glen Ridge, uh, which is just going to be about a half-hour drive, 25, 30-minute drive. Um, for those that are at home listening and want to look at a map of long island just look uh to the eastern part and then you'll see the peconic river and little peconic bay uh great peconic bay is right by where glen ridge is it's on the northern side near near Matatuck. yep the north Mm. fork of long island near Matatuck. um it sits it resides right on the water as you guys are driving into town I'll give you another image and then I'll come back to this. Uh, This is sort of what uh, the kind of environment you're seeing. Um, It's Mm. a little bit more... It's winter, so it's a little more gray and uh a little less leaves but it's right on the water uh pretty extensive piers for boats uh boat yard that kind of stuff a lot of swampy land uh and you get the sense that this is probably where dr carl body was found in a culvert near the bay so in just one of these mm-hmm. high grass high weed wet areas uh perfect place to dump a body um and uh yeah it's pretty remote uh you know it's it's about two and a half hours roughly from new york city uh it's it's out there it's pretty wide open and a very very small town uh what do you guys want to do you have the options of checking into your hotel or uh, going straight to Glen Ridge pd or something i haven't thought of yet what, what are you guys thinking
4: um i want there were i think jordy and i wanted to roll on a cult check on the um the beheading of- and removal of the spine to oh, see if yeah. there was any kind of anything we recognized about you that. You know, what? Roger will get in on that.
5: Oh. <laughs> oh, Roger, new to the occult
1: game. <laughs> I've been reading some stuff while I was away, and uh, yeah, I'm curious myself. Oh, I,
4: I got it. I got uh, it, too, only because I did, did that, that training. That's uh, great. great. A 3,236. I didn't get it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Seventy-two over twenty-four. Oh, Roger doesn't know yet. Um, no, you don't know anything. Uh, occult-wise, there's nothing you can point to from your research that that uh, where the spine is like ritualistically removed as part of some sort of occult ritual. Uh, that's not something that rings a bell.
4: And no, and nothing about like
2: hanging a headless body somewhere. No. No, I mean yes, but like nothing that fits up with all. You know what I mean? Like, no, not a headless body, hanging a body, hanging, posing a body. You know, sure, you've seen different research, but nothing that really adds up
0: here. I so, think I, I think I have to do an unnatural check to see if the gray substance rings any bells. I probably won't learn anything substantial, but okay, I have to. I fail anyway.
2: Okay. Um, you also have. A sentence that mentions it. You know what I mean? Which is all you have right now. There could be more details you could get as you guys investigate. So It's the same
1: cops that were on the scene. Um, Gregson and Thomas. I would assume they both answer to watch Commander D'Amico.
2: Yeah. So both of the detectives were the same on both cases. So primarily uh, you're looking for those detectives.
6: Magdalena um, pipes up and she says "All right. so I mean if we work backwards based on what we have and the most important information seemingly being this grey substance why not ask somebody who might know a thing or two about the land around here maybe there's like a swampy area that has this maybe that's the source maybe it's not weird maybe it's like from somewhere and someone tracked it to another location just a thought
4: yeah. We think, know, and we know, we know it's likely that at least one body was murdered elsewhere. Like, we don't know what the actual murder scene is.
6: Right, because there was no sign of a struggle. No I think it's possible
1: both, both bodies were placed where they were placed. One was hung and one was shoved in the culvert. They may have not been the actual murder locations. Um, and I
6: think Magdalena's is just thinking, like, if it's, like, a polymer clay, like, what sort of natural landscape would that lead to? Like, not a bog, but something, I don't know.
4: I mean, would we illogically conclude, based on Thomas Carson's briefing or Thomas Carson's notes, that, that's prob- that, that he suspects it's unnatural?
6: Yes, but my,
2: Yes, he would. Yeah, my my thought beneath. is, like, but maybe... you're there to disprove that. You know what I mean? Like, you disprove that. Wonderful. But right. just in case it is, he wants Delta Green people on this, just in case.
1: My thought is that, like, it's coming off of, if this is some unnatural creature, it's in the struggle against this creature, it got underneath the fingernails. It's like the if creature's they, skin. If yeah. they
4: grabbed it to try when they were
1: fighting, yeah. and they like, had don't it in leave me around. Don't kill me! The, Get off me! So, this organic polymer was the skin of the creature.
2: Don't you kill me! Does anyone have. Uh, <laughs> that, is,
7: that is rude! <laughs> no, I will not rich.
1: get in the trunk!
7: <laughs> <laughs> does, does anyone have ranks in science to analyze polymers? Oh, I, I do. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay.
6: Some. Uh, it's not great. It's, well, I'll try. I'll roll for it. Well, wait, not?
7: what kind of science?
6: Oh, wait. I think mine's not science. It's not biological science, it's no. mathematics. Never mind.
7: And on top of that, we would probably have to use some sort of maneuvering with the local PD to get to like a lab to analyze something like this anyway. They might have yeah. analyzed it already,
4: which is going to present another problem. If it is unnatural, we're going to have to figure out a way to cover they that said it up. Was, cover that they up. said
6: they couldn't identify it. Sidebar, right?
1: something we forgot last time. When you try a skill and fail, check a box, because at the end of the session, um, you get a point in it. That's yeah. right. So,
2: and I was thinking about this. You just this. failed
1: unnatural and I failed occult. Yeah, <laughs> It's true.
2: Yeah. And I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about that before the season started and I was like, you know what? I feel like we need to like, maybe just like do one of these level ups mid season possibly. I'm thinking about it because it's just so long in between and we might not, you know, same characters might die. Same characters might not come back for different stories. Like, and I want to use those mechanics of growth. You know, so I, I might trigger those a little earlier than just after this mission. You know, uh,
7: from a handler's perspective, is it uh, experience based, milestone based? How how does that end up working? I, I missed that in the rule book It's session based. So like based. It, for longer um,
2: scenarios, it would be during the scenario. But we just play such a weird thing. We play for an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So like it doesn't really fit. Uh, but. My goal is that we'll do this a couple times. Like, we'll get together for a session, and I'll say, everybody level up, whatever you have a checkmark on, and remove your checkmarks. And now we'll just keep moving. Um, You know, it's just a way for you to grow during the course of a season, as opposed to only between seasons, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Right. That's cool. Because it's possible that this adventure could be done in a night or two for a group. You know what I mean? If they weren't being... As verbose and with so many vignettes as us, uh, so I want—I don't want you guys to be penalized for that. Also, what's more fun than character advancement? That's the most fun, right? Yeah. So we want to make sure we get that in there.
4: True. So I think. Why don't we? I mean, either way, I say it, we can either go to the police station and just see what they have, or we can try. We can head straight to the crime scenes and see what we can figure out there. And then and then head to the police station so we have a little info before we go in
2: what time is it uh, it's about three o'clock in the afternoon on February 21st I will say that there's no you, you can't go to the crime scenes I mean you can go to the crime scenes but there's there's nothing there it would stand a reason that there's nothing there uh, you know been- at least at least one of these crimes was committed over a month ago right. another one was committed oh. about two and a half weeks ago they've been completely cleaned the bodies removed Um... You know, all that stuff. So really what you're looking at is you got to dig into, you got to start doing some digging in terms of files, witnesses. Great. Yeah, it might Talks. be
1: good to go to the police yeah. station because it'll, by the time we get there, it'll be, you know, it won't be as busy as it is during the day, most likely. So we won't attract as much attention.
7: Caesar spits off some bullshit. Like, you know what they say in my business? You don't know what you don't know. So let's circle back to that low hanging fruit of the police station. It's best practices. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Best practices. Also, Troy, I just want to comment on something you said. I, I want to make sure that you're not carrying over old feelings from the previous season in that like it doesn't matter if you're seen at the police station like this is this is official business. Everything you're doing is on the up and up. It's very obvious on the on the up and up. You know what I mean? Like what might not be on the up and up is extremely subtle. And at this stage would be very difficult for anybody to recognize. So uh, walking into a police station, for example, is expected. Like you would expect yeah. that they've been called ahead. They're waiting for you to arrive there. You know? Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Right, so you guys you're are all something? using your real names. You're all official consultants of the FBI. So you've got nothing to fear from a, like you're not spies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In that sense.
6: Uh, yeah. I was just going to say Skid. I think it, I agree and I think we should make good At the police station show face And be like yep we're the people they talked about Like here we are give us all the information That you're supposed to give us Instead of trying to like I don't know be sneaky
0: Yeah it's it's weird though Because that's, that's a new <laughs> thing for us and my yeah, name actually, is
6: Magdalena, yeah. <laughs> and nice to meet you.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> my it's my really cool how different the operations can be. Like, yeah, so different yeah. from their very core, you know. Yeah. What,
7: what, let's refresh everyone. Like, uh, I think we had a pretty good idea, but what are, are you, Sydney, is Magdalena still wearing what she's wearing? Uh, uh, is Roger Comstone still, like, in military fatigues? What does he look like lately? How no, are we he, walking into this place?
1: He, uh, he, I'm trying, I was trying to decide last week, and I still haven't decided if he's shaved his beard. Part of me thinks he like... <laughs> he kept it and then like now he's he's shaved it and uh, is showing up when when he showed up at the airport to jump on the plane he's freshly shaved whereas at Quantico he still had this big bushy beard Jordy probably didn't even recognize him at first um, and part of his character build when I lost those three power points at the build I had to put a trade in there and it was like he looks way older than he is. He was 33. Now he's 43 and uh, he's got like leathery skin from being out in the sun too much. Uh, But, you know, also island life has been a little more relaxing, so he kind of looks a little more his age now. Uh, He's handsome in a way. uh, Rugged.
7: Um, He's got a uh, cold look in his eyes. Like the master of Cobra Kai. Uh,
1: Yeah, like, oh, that would be a good... uh, Good actor for him. He's a little older, but yeah, Martin, yeah. Martin something. Is he's handsome, proud, but he crowds? looks
7: sunbaked, you know what I mean? Like he looks su- like a sun ripened version of himself. Yeah, maybe yeah, I- a
1: younger uh, Martin Cove. Cove. That's what
2: it is. Is he, uh, what's he wearing? Is he wearing a Hawaiian shirt? Or does no. he like?
1: I figure he's got like a uh, uh, jeans. And, uh, and a a Boog Powell jersey, a giant oversized Boog Powell jersey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, an Orioles leather jacket. No, yeah, uh, he's you know he's he's got like uh, a a nice a nice uh, jacket on, and uh, he looks all right. But uh, five five o'clock shadow.
2: Like a button-down? Like a button-down flannel, like that kind of vibe? Yeah, button-down flannel
1: and a, and a coat over it. Um, it's cold out Yeah, I'm out sorry. There. Let me
2: just reiterate. It's February, uh, and it's cold as shit on Eastern Long Island. It is windy and cold. So sorry, I didn't really reiterate that. But Yeah, he's got an Orioles um, winter cap on over his head. Yeah.
5: Okay.
6: Uh, and Magdalena looks the exact same way she does. She's got on platform combat boots all her piercings are in the only thing that's different is she pulled her hair into a ponytail to like be more professional but the front is still like a full mullet uh and she's wearing a long patent leather sort of um like not patent leather soft leather trench coat that has fur on the inside of the collar Uh, um but she looks goth as hell
2: (laughs) awesome all right so what's the plan first stop
0: Police station, yeah. sounds like Police station. Talk station. to the watch commander and the detectives.
2: Okay. So, uh, you drive to the Glen Ridge police station. You guys have a rental car you can all pile into. Uh, what do you want it to be? It can be anything you want it to be. It's got to fit all of you guys. So what SUV. Yeah. SUV. They, uh,
1: okay. Let's upgrade yeah. to the SUV. Yeah. <laughs>
7: I think Caesar would demand a, Three a, a, ra- a Range Two. Rover. Like, it would have to be a luxury SUV, at least. Escalated <laughs> if that's the worst possible retake.
0: <laughs> the lowest <laughs> acceptable car. Yeah.
7: <laughs> okay. Preferably a Porsche Cayenne if they have one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, you arrive at the Glen Ridge police station. You get into Glen Ridge. I showed you a few pictures of what it looks like. Uh, very small town vibe. Uh, you get to the police station, relatively small brick building uh plenty of space in the parking lot again you get out very cold windy uh 3 in the afternoon something like that getting on to five o'clock you come in and you open up the door and uh, the first thing you see is uh, is the watch commander um uh, somebody sitting behind the desk uh who introduces himself as kevin d'amico uh and uh asks who you are
4: we're uh we're uh, the consultants that the the FBI promised they would send you guys. We're just uh I think we have an appointment, but uh yeah, what can we do to help? An appointment with who? We're supposed to see the watch commander and then I think we're supposed to speak with detectives
3: Gregson uh, uh, and Thomas.
4: Yeah.
2: Gregson. Uh all right. Okay. Yeah. Um I, sorry, I am the watch commander and I'm not, I'm not aware of this. So let me just double check real quick. Uh it'll be 2 seconds. I'm sorry. Just wait. And no uh he calls on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Hangs up. Uh yeah, uh, Detective Gregson is expecting you. I just need to see identification uh and he just looks for your badges, credentials. We show him. Yep. Your credentials. Right. So you show him all your credentials and he uh, ushers you into uh, a back office area which looks a lot like in office uh and and it's sort of similar not as slick obviously as Hitachi uh but it has the same sort of messiness to it a lot of cubicles a lot of desks sort of slammed together in a relatively small area as uh you see a woman uh in her late 30s sitting uh behind you know in like a, in a smart suit sitting at one of these cubicles uh, across from her is a young man uh or no I'm sorry a, <laughs> it's so sad He's 40-something. He's not young, Joe.
3: You're not young.
2: (laughs) Uh, A 40-something man across from her. uh, He's got uh, iPod headphones in, uh, looking at his computer. uh, And she seems to be turned and she's talking to an an older uh, man. As she comes back, she looks at you and waves her hand to to get your attention that she sees you. And you see she turns to the older man and says something kind of urgently and uh, and stands up and gives you uh, a big smile. Uh, she is late thirties uh, she's short at about five four brown hair brown eyes um, you see she's got this nice dark green suit on but the the jacket is is hanging off of the back of her chair and she's got a white top uh, with the the, uh, the suit pants still on her hopefully they're still on, uh, and her, uh, this older man that she's sitting with stands up, and then you sort of hear... <laughs> she just stepped out of the shower. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm sorry, you you just caught me getting out of the shower. <laughs> she's drying her head. Uh, <laughs> She steps up, and you see that she uh, ends a conversation with this older gentleman. She hands him a jacket, and by their exchange, you can tell, o- overhearing them, that this is her father, and that uh, he's, like, visiting her, basically, at work, and, you know, he's like, you know, do forget, you know, you know, the way your mother is. You come over, be there by seven. And, you know, and she's like, I know, dad, I know. I know. Okay, dad, I know. I got to. And she sort of shuffles him out of there. He looks at you uh, kind of suspiciously, nods, and and just keeps walking by. And she's like, and you're the consultants, right, from the FBI?
3: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm.
2: Excellent, excellent. She looks over and you see an exchange between her and what you assume is detective Thomas. Uh, and she's like, let's go talk in, uh, in the, in the meeting room here. And she walks you over. And those of you with a 60 human in, those of you with a 40 human in don't see anything unusual. Those of you with a 60 human in notice that the look that passed between them, uh, sort of seemed like ta Th- like detective Thomas wasn't interested in, uh, going into this meeting. uh, And he was like, you're kind of, you're on your own uh, with this. Not unfriendly, but just like, I've got stuff going on. You could just kind of see that in the look that was passed. She walks you into this room, and uh, you can tell that you're in a room where probably uh, the morning meetings happen, and uh, the roll call happens, all that kind of stuff. There's a bunch of chairs, a little bit of a raised area, a little bit of a podium. Uh, But she doesn't stand up there at all. She just grabs one of the chairs and is like grab a seat wherever you like uh uh and i would love to to talk to you about this Uh, um i'm sorry first i should just say welcome to glenridge uh my name is detective hannah gregson i am the detective on the and she kind of rolls her eyes the glenridge chiropractor case um first let me just thank you all for making the trip to glenridge up from virginia i know it's a really long way and Honestly, and she looks around, it'll be great to have a fresh set of eyes on this evidence. I mean, what little evidence there is. I, I in 15 years on the force, and seven as a detective, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, shit, we haven't even had a homicide in five years, uh, let alone anything like this. The whole town is on edge about this, and, and the sooner we find this bastard, the better. So... Um, why don't you tell me what you guys know about the case so far and, and anything that, that I can do to help you there. And then let's, let's talk about, I don't know, uh, figuring out how to, how to find this guy.
4: Uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, first of all, you know, I know this can be awkward coming in, you know, it's your case. I want to make it absolutely clear. This is your homicide. We're just here to help. So anything we can do to be of service, you just let us know. And, you know, if if we can help, obviously we'll be there for you. We want to get this, you know, help you guys out. You know, this a scary thing to happen. You know, at any, in any town, big town, small town. So
2: I appreciate you uh, so much saying that. What is your name again? I'm Gavin. Hi, Gavin. Uh, thank you so much. Yes, uh, we we are eager to close this investigation. Uh, look, uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I I. I'm a good detective. I have a, I have a good, uh, closing rate here on my cases, but th- this is just beyond me. It's baffling me and I'm, I'm very happy for the help. Uh, and I appreciate you, anything that you can do, uh, and anything I can do to help you, uh, just the sooner we get this guy off the street, the better. Um, and, those of you, again, with a 60 human in and you can pick this up with 42, you're sensing that uh, she you're sensing a, an intelligence behind her eyes. You don't see a, a, a like sort of like bumpkin incompetence or something like that. Like she she seems to be pretty straightforward, but honestly, like concerned about the lack of evidence that is coming across in this case. Uh, and she's looking for some fresh eyes on it. That's the vibe that you get. Um,
6: Detective, uh, my name is Magdalena. It's a pleasure to meet you. How do you organize your file system? Is it all online or are you still using paper?
2: Um, we use paper mainly, uh, and then it gets transferred. We scan it in eventually. Um, but that's, I just don't have time to do it all the time. So we have, uh, we have some other people, administrative uh, staff in the office that does it, but uh, I'm going to be honest with you, we're a little short staffed. And so sometimes there can be delays, uh, on, on that. Uh, so yeah, a lot of it is paper, but I'm happy to get with it. Whatever paper you need.
1: Roger's already got a pad of paper out and he's like the, uh, second victim. The woman. What does she do for work?
2: Vanessa Hotven. um, She is uh, a teacher uh, at the high school. Well, uh, a lot of people would just assume that she's a teacher. She's actually the librarian uh, at at Glen Ridge High School. She was.
3: She taught at the high school where she was found.
2: Yes. She was employed Um, at the high school. Right. Uh, Technically not a teacher. Uh, She is the librarian there. She was. I'm sorry. I keep... That's just so terrible. Uh, She was the librarian at the high school, yes.
1: Any suspects? It seems like if you uh, hang a body in front of the high school, you're trying to send a message. Anybody maybe she worked with uh, there? Maybe
3: some lovers? (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> <Multiple>.
3: <laughs> so a cadre of lovers Gavin's
4: head That's... slowly
2: rotates towards <laughs> around your, This your is so things. awesome Like the generational difference Between this crowd Like, Well actually And Caesar sort of Straddles it nicely uh, But you have like 45 year old-ish And 23 year old-ish
0: And it's just like Funny like how do you operate? How do you
2: think about this stuff? We're also... Uh,
0: I, this is a weird group. The only guy who looks remotely like he belongs here is Gavin. <laughs> yes. Everyone else, we have, like, the girl in the dragon tattoo. <laughs> we have a dying old French man from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have... A grizzled pet. A grizzled... <laughs> we have a Cobra Kai sensei. <laughs> and, uh, and, the,
6: and... A have, Midwestern <laughs> farmhand. And an
0: aging tech bro.
7: I should say that uh, Caesar is wearing a more working class suit from Brook Brothers today instead of Dior, so he should fit in a little bit more nicely at the police station. That's amazing. He goes undercover by wearing Brooks Brothers. We had Rosalind arranged it for him. He said, "I want to look like the last ten presidents during their inauguration." <laughs> he got that, and he has both a red and blue tie depending on who he meets. Oh, that's amazing.
1: Uh, yeah what do we do about the teach She married She's sleeping with one of her students What's the story
6: <laughs> she's Magdalena's eyes She doesn't even move no. her head Her eyes just go over And she's like
1: <laughs> hey, Gavin, Gavin, Gavin is trying to Meet re-
4: re- re- Magdalena's gaze To be like this we, this look, kind
1: of, look, <laughs> we see this kind of stuff all the time A lonely biology teacher Ain't getting it from her husband So she starts taking a couple students Down to the uh, Where they store the basketballs Teaching them how to have sex and then all of a sudden, husband finds out, rips her spine out, and hangs her from
2: a tree.
0: <laughs> seen it a hundred times. You've s- you've
2: seen that a hundred times.
5: Why do you think they hired us? A It's a specialist. That's why they called us in.
2: <laughs> We're a specialist in disgruntled teacher tree
3: hangings. Uh, oh my god. Uh, um, oh
2: god.
5: Another question. wait that's my question. <laughs> oh, no, no, we
7: never, we never, never heard the answer. <laughs>
0: I mean, skin is lost. <laughs> <laughs>
5: where they keep the
0: basketballs.
5: <laughs> Take us down to the basketballs.
0: <laughs> Basketball storage. <laughs> oh. oh God! Um. My
7: God! Detective Gregson, I'm I, I'm not sure about lovers per se, as uh, Roger mentioned. But Agent uh, Comstone. Agent Comstone, I apologize. Um but the report did mention that your uh, detectives followed Harvey Jensen, the janitor, for a while, uh, but didn't report any of the findings. Was there any relationship between the two of them? The man who found the body? No,
2: no, not to my knowledge. And, and to answer your question, no. She, she, Vanessa was very sweet, but she was not married. Um, and as far as I know, and, and I knew her in passing, she hadn't had uh, a boyfriend in in years. She hadn't dated anyone. Um, That was... It just wasn't her style. Um, She... This is our problem. This is one of our main problems in nailing down a suspect. And no, we don't have any suspects. She uh, is... Sorry to say it, but a, a, a bit of a loner, uh, but in the best possible way. She uh, she's a very very she was a very nice woman uh, who kept to herself and who was very well liked at the school. As far as I know, she she doesn't have any enemies, and it's the same thing with Carl Moretti. Uh, there's just no there's no obvious uh, enemy here or motive, and they had no connection to one another. Not that we can tell beyond living in the same town. No, it seems like
1: a small town. You knew the one of the local teachers. Do you think the teacher and the dentist knew each
2: other? Uh, they may have. Uh, they very well may have. You're right. This is a small town. Um, I mean, Was she a patient of hell. Their their him? bodies were, were found mere blocks away from each other. It's not. It's not that. Sh- strange that they would have known each other, but as far as I knew, that they, they had no sort of relationship. Uh, they were not friends, uh, as far as I knew, or as far as any of the witnesses we talked to knew. Um, we, we we don't have any solid connection between the two uh, victims.
6: In terms you. of the, the night that they were killed, was anyone aware of their disappearance? Did they leave? The, did anyone see them? It seems like if they were out of their house they you know must have been doing something somebody must have saw them
2: well um just to be clear they were not killed on the same night Uh, they were killed almost a month apart from each other but uh that aside they uh yes uh, carl moretti's wife carolyn she called uh in to report him missing that that night. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. It escapes me right now. I think it's January 15th. She called uh, at about 7 p.m. that night to report him missing. Uh, and his body was found at 11 o'clock uh, that night. Um, he, he had a practice in town, uh, was only uh, about two blocks from where he lived. And so he would come right home from work every night. So she found it very strange when he didn't return home, she made repeated calls to his cell phone, which he didn't answer. Uh, when she first reported him missing, you know, I, I, I think in a larger town, it, it, they would have not really responded to it. They would have said, you know, he's probably not having a good time, blowing off his wife for a little while, like, relax. Uh, but, you know, we know people here a little bit better, and we knew that something was strange about that. Um, so, though, you know, we, we could, hadn't found anything, we, we did keep our, our, uh, our eyes open, and uh, it turned out in, in only a matter of hours, um, uh, a young woman was uh, jogging in the area and, and found the body. What subject did she G- G- ever- teach?
3: She, she didn't teach. teach She
2: was the librarian That's She was her. the school librarian Did you ever find Miss Hot Van's head? No No sign of the head Never found
1: Or Dr. Moretti's jaw
2: No sign of the jaw either We did have the rest of his head, uh, and that went with Dr. Santorini to the medical examiner's office. Uh, Both of the bodies are there Uh, currently. We're holding them, obviously, until we know who did this. But um, otherwise, yeah, the the head was never found.
1: Maybe there's some sort of connection here. Like, these were trophies. He was a dentist. They took the jaw where the teeth are. And she was a librarian. They took the head where her brain is.
3: Yeah. That's the library of the human body. That's what they say.
6: Detectives, did <laughs> they, they also? I hadn't
3: thought of that. I, <laughs> I,
6: can't. I think,
2: now I see why the FBI is is the FBI. <laughs>
6: Magdalena every time Roger speaks Magdalena tries to like talk immediately as if to erase the memory of what he just
0: said (laughs) (laughs) he's a really unsettling person to work with so unsettling
6: um Magdalena asks uh did they did did whatever whoever did this take the spine as well or is the spine just out of the
2: body? They took the spine as well. We have no evidence of where it is. It was not at the crime scene.
7: Do you All have right. access to their tracking information from their cell phones? I'd like to know where they were in the last 72 hours before their death. Yeah, Estimated if we could ping as them, as them off
6: the nearest towers, that would be extremely helpful.
7: Um, I don't know if we do know how to do that. You know how to do that? Uh, I know people that know how to do it, and I believe, well... Magdalena, if you'll forgive me, I was reading your LinkedIn profile earlier. <laughs> She's a bit of a code ninja, if you know what I mean. I don't. What does code ninja mean? Oh, I'm not with that term. She's proficient at computers.
6: It means oh. I can ping the towers. And then I turn towards Caesar, and very quietly I say, I don't have a LinkedIn profile. And I turn back.
7: Then Caesar Ooh. just thinks to himself quietly. Rosalind told me it was a LinkedIn profile <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm um, so angry oh well, how can we help I mean I I think we would like to view the bodies see if there's anything anything that strikes us there maybe we can uh, we the you can let us into their homes and offices we can see see if there's anything that you know Yes
2: um you'd be more than welcome to go into Vanessa's home though uh we scoured the place we we didn't find anything of interest uh Just her, a hard drive Um no uh I, well, I don't know no we we didn't look at the hard drive uh but are hard drive to, either Nothing. No we we didn't look at that but you you're welcome to look at that yeah. um the, um, Vanessa, she lived in her parents' house. Uh, they moved to Florida years ago. Uh, they still live there. Um, they, uh, came up obviously, but they, they went back home again when they found out we were keeping the body until, uh, this, this is all over, but, uh, she lives by herself or lived by herself. So you could go there and then, um, Carl, yes, you could, you could go and speak to Carol. I'd prefer to, to go with you at least to make the introduction. I, I don't know that, um, Carol would, uh, She's very upset right now, uh, as you can imagine, and so I'd, I'd like to ease that uh, process of, of you guys uh, asking any questions. And uh, But yes, you'd be welcome to talk to them. Uh, as far as the bodies go, uh, they are housed at the Suffolk County Medical Examiner. Uh, Dr. Santorini is overseeing that. It, um, it is for... Quarter after four uh, I think it might be a little It's a little late He'll be closing up by five And it's about an hour drive away So uh, you may need to do that In the morning But uh, we can definitely Set an appointment uh, And I can give you uh, The go-ahead Or the uh, the paperwork To uh, go in and get access To the bodies From Dr. Santorini And the crime scenes uh, The crime scenes uh, They're nearby uh, You're welcome to go Look at them uh, But they've been cleared It's It's been several weeks Um Uh, And she pulls out like a little pamphlet sort of thing that has like a a little map of the town. It's like uh, super basic. Uh, And she just goes over it and sort of uh, writes in a red pen uh, some uh, the areas of interest, uh, you know, those crime scenes uh, and hands it over to you. If you uh, if you check your journal, uh, you will see it there directly. Oh, Oh, they were close. Yeah, it's a, oh, really wow. small, it's a really small town.
0: Yeah, the high school... Yeah, yeah they're all within just like a couple
1: blocks of each other. Yeah, the Moretti yeah. body seems to be the outlier, uh, where it was found further away. A, a little bit. Moretti's office house, the high school, and uh, the Hat Fan body are all right on top of each other. They're all within, like two, three blocks away from each other.
6: Yeah, and also it would have been in the... if if he was walking from his office to his house to be like abducted or something and then taken the opposite like would they know where he lived were they trying to get it further away from like his destination I don't know
7: or did he he ever have business by that area of town did he have a boat or anything near
2: that area where is Uh, Miss Advan's house no
7: uh Sorry,
2: I, I just I just happened to know he he did not have a boat. Uh, his wife would wouldn't allow it. Um, she said the upkeep would be too much. So they never they never got a boat.
1: You know what happens when a wife tells you not to buy a boat? You What's buy that? a boat and you don't tell her.
2: <laughs> I see. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't think that that was really the way Carl was. Next but... stop, the marina. Yep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Gotta find that boat <laughs>
1: <laughs> Until we find the ready boat This investigation is <laughs> a sham
5: <It's>
6: a,
3: <laughs> This investigation is at a complete standstill Until we find his secret boat We're about to crack this case wide open <laughs>
6: Let me tell you
0: This is so dangerous. Joe, what does
6: the marina look like? I know you've prepared it Tell yes. us about the yeah, marina Tell us uh,
0: about the marina
6: Every boat I want the names <laughs> the piece of paper. What's the
1: name of the boat? Old Spidey Jaw?
0: Oh, Spidey McJaw.
2: Um, She is a beaut. She's a beaut.
6: Detective, I have um, something strange to ask of you. Any other recent activity, if you could pull for me from any file of, like, anything odd, is what I'll say. Missing, missing items, um, random occurrences, anything outside of the norm. I want to see if there's a bigger pattern that we could be missing by being so focused on the two bodies themselves.
2: Okay, um, I... No, I'm not going to pull that paperwork. But you're welcome. You can have access to our network, uh, and you could look through the histories of files that have that have been uploaded there and see if, yeah, scour it for any connections if you want. I mean, that's a bit of a needle in a haystack, dear. But uh, even better, you're I'm good with numbers. Try.
6: Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you.
2: Okay. Can you tell uh, me And she gives you, and she gives you whatever information it is that gives you access to to their local network.
6: Well, I'll beep and boop that later. Whatever.
2: Okay. Detective
4: to pull someone's spine and head from their body I mean that's got to require I mean wh- how do you think that happened like gut feeling what do you th- what's your what's your instinct on that how do you think whoever did this was able to pull that off
2: You want to know my gut instinct
5: Yeah Yeah
2: I think isn't one of you former military That's,
0: that's right it. Three guesses as to which one of us.
2: <laughs> the one in military fatigues with an M4. Yeah,
0: I'm smoking a cigarette in the police station. Pointed at her face.
2: <laughs> I'm guessing it's the guy with the M4 pointed at my face uh, with multiple flashbangs hanging off of his green vest. <laughs> Sorry, old habits die hard. <laughs> We can pan to the side, and it's just hit with a full carbine pointed at every <laughs> <is> temple. <laughs> <right there. laughs>
5: I'm sorry,
2: sorry, a little twitchy. <laughs> um, well, this none of this is substantiated, but I was I was very happy when I talked with Special Agent Carson that he said he he had. Uh, an ex-military member, special forces even, uh, that was going to come and and look into this. uh, Because honestly, I think uh, there's no way uh, that a human being could do that. And the precision of it uh, could not be a wild animal. I believe it to be some sort of... technology maybe a tool something that they're not telling us about something uh, a, a weapon of some kind uh that is of military make um look we we live uh very close to i shouldn't be saying this no no it's all right detective we work for the fbi <laughs>
0: It's
5: fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Carbides don't do that. So now you have a sawed-off shotgun. But <laughs> <laughs> then the shotgun slowly <laughs> came oh <laughs> Sorry, old Habitside Hard it lowers so the carbide. Yeah. Slowly pulls up a double-barreled shotgun. <laughs> We're all <our> friends here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Troy is just <laughs> mimicking, pointing it at the camera. It's amazing. <laughs> coming from here,
1: coming out, of fr- out of frame and into frame.
5: So. <laughs> 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 she
2: says, Well, we live near Northrop Grum- Grumman uh, mm. here, oh. which is uh, a, a big uh, military contractor, uh, particularly in aeronautics, not necessarily in weaponry as much, but uh, rocketry, robotics, uh, things that. I don't know it's it's possible that someone could have access to some sort of weapon that nobody has seen yet i I don't it's a crazy theory but i'm i'm desperate i'm left with nothing else uh there's no other evidence these were systematically ripped from muscle and bone these spines in a way that is so precise as to just to need and require a tool of incredible power Uh, and I I just can't imagine what it could be Uh, and that's why I'm I'm glad you're here uh, Mr. Comstone she's like wincing as she's looking into the barrels of the shotgun Uh, please please I I hope he's cool agent Comstone agent Cumstone, because perhaps you could um, identify something of this nature Do you have military land tech? (laughs) Military science land, she asks. Um, Pushing the action forward. Were you you an
1: army brat? Seems like you know the speak.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know the speak. (laughs)
1: Uh, I do have military science land 60. Hell yeah.
0: Oh, Oh. hell
2: yeah. Okay, well with the 60, you don't just know off the top of your head anything. that uh, I'll do a roll. Okay i allow it 51 under 60 51 under 60 um you you need more information there's there's you maybe seeing the bodies or something possibly uh you think that it's it's possible you've never heard of an exact device that could do that um but maybe something repurposed that was meant for something else could do it but you, you just don't know
6: why um you say why?
2: But why? Why would
6: someone do this? Oh. <laughs> um could I uh with that knowledge too what what the detective just said, could I roll computers on to see if like any other thing pops up from like other random cases?
0: Yeah,
2: anything weird. Oh, you mean with with the access you got?
6: With with her giving me the access but then also now looking specifically for anything like related to oh, oh now that we think it could be some sort of like technology based
2: thing. yeah yeah uh so what is your computer sk- skill
6: um my computer science uh is that what you mean my computer science skill
2: mm-hmm. it's 80 yeah, si- right
6: si- it's actually 60
0: oh 60
2: 60. Uh, so to give people uh, uh, an accurate idea, a 60 basically says either decades of work in the field, which you don't have, uh, but it also is like a graduate degree level of experience. So uh, you either have a graduate degree. Do you have a graduate degree? I can't remember.
6: Mm, does she? I don't know if I plan for her to have one. I don't think she does. She has her okay, bachelor's. Okay, but
2: then, then it's just pure like raw talent. Like she's yeah. exhibiting raw talent in a computer uh, hacker that is like usually the level of somebody with a graduate degree in computers or with decades of experience. So, so you're very good at it, and uh, for that reason, I will say uh, that you can adequately search what you're looking for but you 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 need hours and hours to do okay. it
6: so I will do search that
2: through this stuff tonight. so it'll be like a it'll be a project that goes into the night for you cool. but I but you don't have to roll for it and I'll give you the info uh, at the, on the other side sweet so do we want to check
4: out the first house the his hat Van's house and then maybe and then talk to the doctor's wife the dentist's wife yeah, well, we need the detective to do that, so maybe we do that tomorrow with the... Um, she yeah. said the crime scenes are nearby, too, but maybe
1: there's nothing there. Yeah, Joe waved us off that earlier. Yeah. Was that Sounds a legit like...
2: hand wave, Joe? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: right, we'll check out those on the way to... Uh... Can I roll a human intelligence check on Joe
0: <laughs> telling us
4: not to go to the
1: crime scene? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind checking out that culvert. It's probably, probably good something to be gleaned <laughs> in from february that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we see things differently than them so even though they're like we come in the area we might see a connection that they're not seeing
7: right Isn't- there's nothing of interest by the culvert, right? That's just like a drainage ditch, right? Yeah. Would there be any reason for him to be by there? Because it makes sense that Hatfin would be at the school because she's a librarian and then she was murdered. Even if she was moved, she was murdered by her place of work. I'm trying to figure out not a motive for the killing, but a motive for the dentist to be by that culvert at that time. Well, the because body could have been d-
1: moved there after the fact, too. But
7: why? He does, the, the, they don't want to hide that one. They hang it from a tree, for an example, and the culvert is a place you would hide a body you wanted no one to find.
1: This is why I want to check out this guy's hard drive See if he was put there Because he was into park sex We
7: gotta go go to the boat store And check out their their, their logs
6: Park sex sex.
1: She was Uh, hung by the By the school Because that's where she worked Maybe the good doctor liked to get his jolliest Looking for fun in the park at night
3: (laughs) Yeah, Check his hard drive For any park erotica I mean, what, what I say,
2: there is nothing more damaging to a Delta Green investigation than Roger's instincts. I, I am not overstating it.
1: When you've got to start
2: firing a gun or sneaking around, yeah. you'll be glad he's there. No, 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 100%. And, and uh, I guess I don't totally mean that the way it came out because there no, is. No, there is, I think that's true. Yes, but, but the thing is, it's so far. You've been in situations where it, it hasn't been, like, the depravity of humanity that have led to the things, but, like, <laughs> Just he really it. has a good nose for the absolute de- innate depravity of what seem like happy, kind, small-town people. <laughs> and maybe that'll lead you in a good direction. I don't know. Um, it's very Blue Velvet. And that, yeah. the way Roger You're sees Roger, the world Roger yeah.
4: lives in a blue velvet world <laughs> and the rest of us are in the X-Files <laughs> uh, Gavin wants to know how exactly the body was hung from the tree if it had no head was it like Floor, yeah. did it look like it had, like been flung into the tree, or
2: was there a rope? Yeah. Was there rope?
7: Hung by the waist, and it's like torso and legs were hanging like this down the center. You what? could
2: talk to Doctor Santorini uh, about it, um, but where you were we at the scene, right? We don't really know. The uh, well, yes, but, um, she. <laughs> So there was no head, obviously, and when we say hung, it it wasn't as if the body was hung as if, uh, you know, with a a noose around the neck, Uh, the body was hung in the sense that it was draped appendages into the branches, uh, facing, I I say facing, but there's no head, uh, down toward the ground. Um, So like a leopard
3: storing its prey. Yeah, Something exactly. Like that.
2: P- possibly, though we don't have leopards around here, and that's that's sort of what we came to. Is we we kept thinking, you know, could, could it be a wild animal trying to drag uh, a meal up into the tree? Uh, but it, it's just we. I've talked to the experts. I've talked to people that uh, you know know about this kind of stuff, and that those kind of species don't exist on Long Island. So I, I don't. I don't truly know. Uh, no, there was no rope. There was no tools utilized. Uh, the body was. Just the limbs were perched over the branches in such a way that it was hung in the tree. Uh, when I talk about, uh, talking to Dr. Zantorini, I just mean about the details of the abrasions on the limbs, mm. the, where they met the tree, if there was any forensic indication of, of how they got there or how, it, if there was a, a evidence of dragging it up the tree, uh, Th- th- there wasn't from my conversation with him, but maybe he has thought more about it since. It's been about uh, about ten days since I've talked to him about it, so maybe you'll get something fresh from him. I don't know.
4: Gavin doesn't say this, but he, what, he, what he's thinking now is: could it have been dropped? Could the body have been dropped mm. into the tree? Mm. Yeah, mm. from an aircraft, perhaps. Yeah. Mm.
0: Interesting.
7: Or
4: a drone? drone
0: maybe.
6: So- yeah. Because
0: the the hips and everything were shattered, maybe that happened on impact. If it were yep. dropped,
1: yeah.
6: yeah. And her rib cage was was uh, broken.
2: Right. It says that in the crime report. Yeah. yeah. Interesting.
7: How's the town holding up with this terrible news detective? It must have rocked the community oh, the
2: town the town is on edge. Uh, I have a lot of pressure from my boss to to close this case and uh, for obvious reasons and that's why I'm, I'm glad you're all here um, I'm, I'm going to be happy to tell people that the FBI are on it and that uh, we're we're in good hands um, The sooner we find this guy, the better uh, he- I,
7: I, You expect everyone that we come into contact with to be cooperative, or is there anyone we should look out for?
2: No, no. Of course, I expect everybody to be cooperative. It's especially if you're talking about the the families of Dr. Moretti or Dr. Santorini is very professional. Uh, You know, I I don't think you have anything to worry about there. Really, we're just looking for some fresh eyes on this. Maybe you saw something that that I didn't see. Um, It is getting late, though, and uh, I have to have dinner. Just one more thing we did see in the
1: report uh, something about a uh, gray. <laughs> now he has a bazooka. Just one more thing. Her
0: voice echoes through the
1: tube of the bazooka. It's pointed directly at her face. We read read in the report that there was uh, some...
0: He's holding the bazooka bazooka (laughs) while he's holding at the file.
1: (laughs) Very casually asking the question, there was some gray... Roger needs glasses now.
2: He's, like, putting on glasses while holding a bazooka to look at the (laughs) file. I just take a look at the file here real quick. (laughs) (laughs)
5: uh,
1: (laughs) There was was some sort of organic gray polymer found under the fingernails of the victims Do you have that uh, here in the police station we could take a look at? It's probably nothing, but uh, uh, if there is maybe some sort of uh, army military technology involved, this Mm. might uh, help us
2: Yes. Yes. No. Uh, we don't have a sample of that here. That is held at the Suffolk County Medical Examiner's Office uh, at Dr. Santorini's office. So ask him about it, and he definitely has samples of that. But uh, you know, I didn't even think of that. I was thinking more along the lines of the actual forcible remover of the spine. I, I hadn't thought that the uh, that it- it- it's possible that the uh, organic material itself could be the technology. Now, uh, it's po- what are you laughing?
7: What, what did I do You know Roger so, gave away I'm Roger, so Roger so gave away Roger. To cover that up But you weren't Thinking about that At all And he connected The dots for you He could have just Asked about the material He was so good at it all He was like laws, was I didn't
0: know if You good. guys were Picking up on that I'm just trying to Play it, like, with what right. she's saying okay. all I'm, I'm like, trying to Conscientiously not Mention it and We I'm just
5: see The How else we find
7: it This is a nightmare grinding Her
6: teeth
1: How else would we find it If we didn't ask to see it yeah. But I would assume no, already but she will, but she will it was say in the police
2: report
0: the, yeah, But she will yeah. say
2: um, uh, but Dr. Santorini look I think that you might be right about that maybe I didn't even think of that that's a great idea but Dr. Santorini um, seems to think that it uh, is a, 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 a corrupted uh, sample. That, uh, you know, something in the outside environment, uh, something uh, at the time of collection, uh, simply corrupted the the sample. Uh, that's, I think, the operating theory right now, but he said he was going to examine it further. He was highly interested uh, in that aspect of the case. But as as of yet, it's it's um, uh, given us nothing of substance. It's probably to work with. The yeah. doctor's probably right. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, I... I I have to go, uh, but um, I will be happy to set you up with a meeting with Doctor Santorini tomorrow. Uh, I also uh, I don't want to bother uh, Carol like at dinner time. Uh, it's just a little much. So if we could do that tomorrow, that would be incredible. Um, do you want to meet here in the morning, or would you rather go right to Suffolk County Medical Examiner in the morning? Uh, what would you prefer? Let's go to the medical examiner.
3: Yeah.
5: yeah Yeah Okay uh,
2: He gets started by 8am So uh, I'll make an appointment for you 8.30 uh, It's about an hour west of here Perfect And um, before
1: you leave And now he's uh, sitting uh, in a tank With the barrel of the tank <laughs> Before you go
0: uh, <laughs> Diesel filling the whole <laughs> station
7: fumes Stinks of diesel <laughs>
1: uh your partner could you send him in we'd like to ask him a few questions as well
2: um well he doesn't sh- yes absolutely sure uh she stands up walks outside uh calls to him and uh what she turns back in he left Oh. He's gone. Uh, we we must have just missed him. I mean, this is the time we usually knock off, so I, I think he went home. But if, if you'd like to talk to him tomorrow, I'm sure he'd be available.
3: You think? Uh, w- do you think he'd be able to meet us at the medical examiner's office, maybe kill a couple of birds with one stone?
2: Um, sh- I can ask him, uh, but to be honest, uh, he's... He's very busy, uh, but I, I will ask him. And if he can meet you there, great. If not, he'll sure. be he'll be back here uh, after your meeting with yeah, um, Doctor. We, we don't want to put
3: you out. It's just, we're just the FBI. Ooh, mm-hmm. What's the big deal? Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Detective,
4: <laughs> we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want to make trouble for you, and Detective Thomas. But did notice that he seemed reluctant to talk to us. Is there anything we should know?
2: Uh, no to be honest no there's nothing you need to know it, it it's it's uh you know it's it's Tell as old as time he uh he doesn't he doesn't trust the feds there i'll say it he doesn't trust the feds uh he doesn't trust the fbi and he thinks that we can solve this on our own and we had a b- bit of A bit of a falling out about it uh, over the last couple days where I eagerly uh, accepted the FBI's help. And Captain was on my side. And uh, he felt a little – I don't know. He felt like we weren't being loyal to the department, uh, loyal to him and his abilities. And and I understand where he's coming from, but I think it's a little misguided in this case because I believe we really are out of our depth. Uh, But he just doesn't see it that way. So I I think that you might see – I think he might give you a a bit of the cold shoulder, but he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He just, he believes that uh, you'll come in here to serve your own ends, to close whatever case you want to close, not necessarily make it look good for the press, not necessarily get the actual killer off the streets here. And, and that's his primary concern. So, so to be honest, it's, it really doesn't come from a, a bad place. It's just that he he doesn't he doesn't trust feds. And I tried to explain to him that you're not agents, that, that you're consultants, and then that he doesn't have anything to worry about. But he um, he just doesn't see that way. But 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 he 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 said, "You talk to them, meaning me, and uh, tell me what they say." So I, I think that he just would rather keep his distance. I understand. But,
3: I guess. You know we're a charming bunch. I mean, there's a you know, we'll probably be able to win a movie, You know, yeah, especially you uh, as you're hovering
2: in a like a hair in a, in a jet. Yeah, hair plate your chest.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maybe he'll decide
1: um, to be cooperative after so the next body shows up.
3: Maybe. Well maybe. hopefully it doesn't come to that. We'd like to speak to him before that horrible thing, if it happens or not. Thank you very much, uh, Detective. Uh, You've been very, very helpful. No problem. Uh,
2: All right, so she's going to bolt, and you got the sense, you know, you guys that were like, especially you, Roger, with your alertness, you picked up on her conversation with her father and that she was having dinner uh, with her parents tonight. And so she was a little eager to get to that. Um, and you guys kind of have the night so, um, you can, you can do what you want.
7: Caesar's going to pull aside Magdalena and just say, Hey, I, I noticed something Magdalena. And he puts the map that was given to us down on the table and draws a red line, tracing the moretti body and down all the streets While you're in their systems, could you look for any CCTV they might have installed on the streets? We might be able to get more information on their movements that evening.
5: Mm.
6: Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to add that to my list. And she opens up her own uh, laptop. It's like a Lenovo. Um, And she just starts typing away, and I'm going to be doing that for the entire night. Just looking through all the access that I got from the detective, and then also trying to connect it if there's any... I'm going to do like a Google Street, you know, search, see if there's any CCTV, see if there's any cameras and and pull up that stuff as well.
2: Okay, great. Um, so is there anything else you guys want to do? Because to me, this is Magdalena, like back at the hotel, like digging, 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 I mean, I'd love to just walk
1: by the crime scene and have you tell us there's nothing there.
2: Yeah. 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 Let's do it. You walk by the crime scene and there's nothing there. Okay. Okay. What about the other
5: person?
2: (laughs) Uh, What about the marina? You sneak on. <laughs> where's you, that you, boat? You,
3: where's that secret fucking boat?
2: Uh, you go to the high school and um, you break into the grounds, and you're shot on sight. Everybody roll for
0: initiative. All the armed guards, uh, arm guards, guards at the high school. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? I've We've Got a perimeter um, breach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hear womp, womp, Floodlights come up on the high school. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you guys are having a good time. Want
7: to go into the Hatfin house before we turn in because it's empty. She didn't yeah. live with anyone. We have access.
1: You know, let's do it. Yeah. Let's it, take a look. As we're walking, Roger's like, So you guys give me a weird look when I mentioned the gray polymer. What
5: gives?
3: <laughs> well, you know, the, the, you guys, you got to understand, Comstone has his own sort of method. You know, uh, but they, I think everybody's concerned about. Drawing uh, conclusions for these people that they would not come to themselves about any, uh, you know, uh, program type uh, activities. It was actually investigating. You know, we don't we don't want to shine a light on any of this stuff. It's supposed to keep it in the dark.
1: You know, right, right. Well, I just was saying that it was something army related because that's what she said. We all know that it's a fucking monster that did this.
3: Right, right. Uh, I know. Likelihood It's some kind of supernatural boogity-boo, and uh, you know, just don't want to uh, let on that that's what we think. What I, I didn't say so monster. No, I know, but that's what they're saying. Uh, look, I'm on your side, come start. I mean, this is—I don't—I know, I know how you work. We work you get me, you get work. me, Geordi. I get you. I get you. As you for
1: know. the three of you, I don't know if you have any uh, military training, <laughs> but you better fall in line. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Oh. You better check your eyes, Comstone, because I'm in the hotel room. I'm not even there.
0: Yeah, okay, so she's not there. She's in the hotel. He's he's talking, talking to, to bird. Who the hell
1: are you? There's a third guy standing
6: <laughs> <over there. laughs> hey, get hey, out
1: of here! here. <laughs> Who the hell is that guy? <laughs> Did he hear me say monster?
3: Get that guy out of here! Who the hell is that guy? Get out Get out of here!
5: Oh, that guy. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I like to think it's also a man who looks nothing <laughs> like
5: Magdalena. I'm <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> so, so out of it.
4: <laughs> where, where is Steve with us by the way? Or is Steve back in Puerto Rico?
1: Uh, yeah, all you know Steve. is that he bought birdseed.
5: Oh, he's too
1: dumb. Dead, and he still buys birdseed. Oh, no. City bird, preferred in a future vignette. Okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Joe's
2: choking on his drink. Oh, spit tanked all over my mic. Oh, my God. I want to leave it up for the if audience. I revealed
0: in a future vignette. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. Oh, mystery layered upon right, mystery. Right. Let me rain this shit show in. So, uh, so um, Magdalena in the hotel. Clackity, 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 clackity. The rest of you guys. Hatfin House. Um, We'll say uh, that the detective gave you what you needed to get in there, the proper permission, whatever, a key, because uh, the house is locked down right now and controlled by the police as a crime scene. She gives it to you. She says you can look through it. She's not too concerned about you being shady. She's trust. She's trusting you guys. Um, you go into the Hotvin house, and uh, you scour the place. Um, nothing of interest. Nothing of interest. Uh, it seems like a very boring regular uh, existence Um, you don't find any anything of note hard drive Um, no there isn't even a computer in the house which is you know odd in and of itself Uh, but she doesn't have a
4: computer in 2019 and she works in a
2: library yeah but you know you you figure maybe she just spends all of her time at the high school (laughs) and maybe she's got the computer at the high school and she gets by on that you know
0: maybe she's just a big loser uh Jordy looks at her bookshelves to see if there's any of his novels on on the shelves.
7: <laughs> roll luck roll.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> uh 14. There is totally a Jordy book. Oh on the yes. Um. I bet it's uh Oh look, Eternity's Fulcrum. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. <laughs> That's such a great title. Makes uh, sense. So yeah, you,
2: you guys don't find anything there of interest. Who needs an internet and porn when you're
1: banging hot 13-year-olds every night? <laughs>
2: Jesus <laughs> Christ. <Sweet. laughs> Sydney just mouthed.
4: So I remember you promising that characters don't last very long in Delta Green.
2: I know, I tried. <laughs> I tried, he was like, I really want to bring Comstone <laughs> back. He said it in that voice, too, which was so weird. It's hard. <laughs> Troy, I'm just asking if yeah. you want to play someone else. He said, don't you even think about it, O'Brien. <laughs>
5: uh,
2: God. Uh, all right, so so nothing there. Is there anything else you want to do with the evening?
0: No, I guess we can uh, call it a night. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I guess get dinner. Yeah. We all eat together and
1: then... What's, on, what's nearby? Let's look on Yelp for Glen Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> Although this was before COVID, so a lot of these restaurants may have closed down.
2: Right. Glen Ridge, by the way, is a fictional location. <laughs> <laughs> you i actually find it. Wait, let me look. Uh, you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Glen Ridge, Missouri. <laughs>
4: uh, or we can travel. We can just drive a little longer and get to old, uh... You know where are we going?
6: Montauk, the Hamptons,
4: Kachog?
2: Matatuck Kachog? Oh, dude, if you want to, if you want to have a good time, go out in Matatuck tonight and
3: get wasted. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a wild town, Matatuck. No, I don't, know, I don't know anything about it. Uh, we'll go to a sp- spaghetti factory and then hit up our hotel. perfect Perfect
1: Perfect.
2: (laughs) Oh, God I'm not going to tell you who it is It might pop up at some point It might not But I have a spouse of an NPC in here Who is the general manager of a Longhorn Steakhouse in the area (laughs) Oh, Oh my God Uh, uh, Yeah, I don't know if you'll meet the NPC but um, you shouldn't have told us And then when we met
1: that person Like, yeah, I'm the general manager of a spaghetti factory in the area
7: Yeah, that's a, good,
2: that's a good idea.
0: Good idea. I have a feeling tomorrow. Uh, i keep my world real. Um,
2: all right, so uh, you guys are going to turn in and go on to the next day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you have a meeting with Santorini in the morning. Uh, and uh, Magdalena, clackety it, clackety clack It's now. It's getting into the night. It's midnight. It's One a.m. Your eyes bruised, battered, basically just from just staying up all night. You're not getting enough sleep. Uh, you need to be careful. Uh, if you keep telling me you're doing this, there's flavor, but then there's mechanics. I can start giving you will point damage if you start not sleeping enough. So just be aware of, of what you're doing for the actual mission versus what you're just doing for flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, you know, I'm not going to penalize you. You just tell me if you think she's really having trouble sleeping. You might have to take a, a point or two. Anyway, um, you're going through their files to look at something unrelated that might connect. And after hours and hours and hours, you're finding nothing. There's nothing that jumps out at you that uh, would, I don't know, be of any interest. You know, in these two crimes uh, compared to any of the other stuff that they have in their current database. Um but that doesn't change the fact that right around now does she go to sleep?
6: Um yeah, I would say if she's finding nothing she's going to close the laptop and she's probably going to pop, you know, ambient or like Z-Quill or something and try to pass out.
2: Okay. Um and uh didn't you say there was one more thing you were going to do? CCTV. Oh, I was also were-
6: going to look the CCTV. Yeah, see if there is was- Cameras on
2: the streets. CCTV. um, There's no CCTV. They're they're just not wired for it. You know, it's just just a little too small of a town. Um, So, you know, a little more west, you can start finding them. But but out here, it's a little bit more, yeah. They don't have all that stuff uh, set up and good to go. So it's kind of a dud of a night for you, and you're a little bummed. uh, But you're like, all right, I'm going to hit the rack, take some ambient, crash, and get back to it in the morning. Um, Right around... 2 a.m. ish, um, you get a call, uh, on your secure phone. Uh, so I would, hmm, let's, let's assume that it's Gavin. Uh, so you guys have your secure phones. You might've given your phone numbers, uh, to the police department. Um, right around 2 a.m. Uh, a call comes in on, uh, on Gavin's, uh, cell phone it wakes you out of a dead sleep. Gavin. Yeah. Hello. Hello. You answer the phone and it's quiet for a moment. And then you hear a sleepy voice and you recognize it as detective Gregson. She's like, I'm so sorry to, to wake you. Uh, is this Gavin? This is Gavin, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's totally okay. It's fine. Um, I need you to get up and I need you to get uh, your entire team up. We've got another body.
0: Oh, shit. Whoa. And we'll see you next time. Whoa. Whoa.
5: Shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, at the
7: dang it. It's going to be at the marina. It's in a, oh, it's in a boat. It's <laughs> in the <a> boat. It's in the hole in boat. It's in the boat. <laughs> oh, my God. We found it. We closed the case. <laughs> Old Spidey John.
5: Arrest him on the baritone. You're a crook, Captain Hook.
2: <laughs> I don't want to stop playing. I'm very angry.
0: Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com/glasscannon.